0: You're never gonna find a job that you're gonna love every aspect of. I'm sorry. There are things about my job that I don't necessarily love all the time, but the good outweighs the bad. So I think it's just about finding the things that you love or things you wanna focus on, and if the good outweighs the bad, then you're already 90% there.
1: I want to get to the bottom of how they first discovered their passion, how they channel their talent consistently, and ultimately, how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. Today's episode is with TV personality, chef, cookbook author, host of Top Chef Canada, and Instagram sensation Eden Grinchpan. Eden has always marched to the beat of her own drum. She is the epitome of someone who I would consider is living and working in what they love. She also happens to be one of my absolute favorite Instagram accounts to follow. And if you don't follow her already, do yourself a favor. On today's episode, we talk about her career trajectory and her many projects. We talk about how she got her start on TV after having waltzed into William Morris's agency and requested to speak with an agent without even having an interview set up. We talk about boldly going after new opportunities, the importance of putting yourself in new and uncomfortable situations, how social media has played a role in her career, and the learnings she's taken from past ventures. So with that, let's get into today's episode with Eden Grinchman. We are here with Eden Grinch, like the Grinch pan, as in frying pan. Yes, um thank you so much for being on the podcast on the first snow of the season it's beautiful you came in loving it and I just came back from Miami hating it
0: so well thank you for having me I'm excited and obviously I'm gonna love it I am a Canadian girl well that was my first question so you're from Canada this is very normal to you what why did you come to New York at first um so it's so funny i'm like i'm a canadian girl i love the snow you asked my husband he's like you are so israeli at heart like you really are not like that kind of a canadian girl uh-huh. uh but yeah so i grew up in toronto after high like i fell in love with food network in high school okay um and uh i was kind of a troublemaker and i really could not go to university like i, t- I told my parents i'm like you're just gonna waste we're gonna waste four years of your money, and my time to go to uh, university. I just knew it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And my father was kind of the... First person to realize that I loved cooking and baking so much. And that was inspired by all my hours of watching Food Network. So he was the one that suggested I go to culinary school. And I just thought it was the best idea ever. He suggested Le Cordon Bleu That's in London. That's like pretty
1: supportive.
0: Oh, my parents Was are- there resistance at first? Um, no. Really? My parents were very- My parents have always been extremely supportive. Damn. I just feel like they kind of- Are you the first? No, I'm the second. Did the first go to university? Yes, Okay. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's just because I was always, I always, like, struggled in school, and I think they learned from a young age that I needed a different way of, like, learning and understanding. Yeah. Um, I'm very hands-on. I grew up dancing, so dance always came naturally really? to me. So it was something that I think, like, I had to see visually and like, you know, I, I was more of that kind yeah. of a person. So um, like when it came, like I started cooking and I was picking things up and he's like, you should go to culinary school. I see this passion. Let's... And he said this, he goes, even if you don't do anything with it, this is a skill that you're going to have for your life. That's so true. He's like, true. you'll be
1: able to cook. Great. That's so, That's so cool that your dad like could see that in you already and like- I'm interested, who was watching Food Network? Like, is he a foodie? Like, was he in the food space? No. Like, how did that even... Well, it's
0: funny because when I started watching Food Network, none of my friends were into Food Network. Like, it wasn't one of those, like, this was... No, high school's, like, MTV. Oh, yeah. No, I... What year did I graduate? I'm so bad at math. Um, uh, I'm 33 years old. Mm -hmm. So this was a while ago. And I I was watching Food Network and my friends were like, what... The hell are you watching? And I'm like, I'm watching hours of Jamie Oliver. (laughs) I love their fucking Tessa, like the original Iron Chef. When they're like dubbing, and he's like, "À la cuisine." (laughs) Like I knew all that shit. I was obsessed. Oh my god. So I, yeah, so I ended up going to culinary school, and I ended up moving in with one of my best friends who went there to study fashion. So him and I, we moved to London together. I studied. I went to culinary school. He studied fashion, and we lived there for two years. And I worked part-time in kitchens and graduated from Le Cordon Bleu with the grand diplôme in pastry and cuisine. Wow. What do you Um, like more? uh, Cuisine. I, I went there for baking. And my parents were like, well, if you're going to go to culinary school, you have to learn how to cook. Like you can't just, well, even though obviously like people, you know, focus on either cuisine or or pastry, but I just wanted to do both. Mm -hmm. And I did. And um, after that, I kind of, I started back like traveling a lot, especially Mm -hmm. living in Europe. After you graduated? Actually, during so oh, okay. I would go to like Prague for the weekend or Italy. You know, when you live in so Europe, cool. yeah, it's, it's like so dirt easy. cheap to yeah. travel. Yeah. So I kind of got this travel bug, and mm-hmm. after I graduated culinary school, I said to my parents, like, I don't feel like I can. See, I don't want to start working. Like I was not ready to kind of just like put my head down and do the work. I wanted at that to time. Travel. What did you think working was like? If you had been working in kitchens, like, working what, in a kitchen, you thought that that's what you were going to do. I think. Well, at that point, that's all I was cut out to do. I went yeah. to culinary school, and that felt like the most natural thing to do after I graduated. But I just wasn't ready to just do that. Mm-hmm. So I ended up signing up for this course that went to India for three months, and it was super by yourself. I was by myself wow. with, like, eight strangers. It was called Leap Spalzer. Now. And I just, like, I didn't know anything about Indian culture. Like, really, I, I did... Like no research, I just like jumped right in. That's amazing, and I felt madly in love with India and the culture and the cuisine. Like it changed. I, I I still say this to this to this day. It changed my life that trip. Wow, and I fell in love with it. And I ended up after that trip, I moved to Israel to live with my cousin. And work in a kitchen, and because we always planned on doing yeah. that originally. Were you, were you doing Israeli cuisine? Yes, I was okay. working in a restaurant. But that was even before I realized that that was the kind of food I wanted okay. to cook. Um, I was just working in this kitchen for this female chef, working in pastry. And and I loved it, and I was having a great time. But the whole plan was to get back to India. So I ended up living in Israel for you a You wanted month. to live in India full time? No, I wanted to go back and travel. Oh, okay, I'm okay, like, okay. three months? Just I just got a little taste yeah. of um india and i wanted to get like a lot more mm-hmm. i just And those this, 3 like, months what it. what would you say was like the biggest thing well, that you take with you every day It's so crazy cuz i signed up for this course called leap now and basically it teaches you like it really immerses you in um, the country and the culture in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, I stayed with a Tibetan refugee uh, – sorry, with a Tibetan family in Dharamsala in the north of India. Damn. And we stayed in the Dalai Lama's temple. What? And Yeah, no, I stayed this there for crazy. two weeks. Does this
1: program still exist?
0: I don't know. I actually haven't looked it up. Uh, but we stay, I stayed with this family for two weeks, and I would have lunch with, like, seven monks every day and, like, drink Tibetan butter tea and then I would go study yoga and I would this learn about Tibetan food and wow. um and then after that I did an eight day Vipassana meditation retreat where I didn't speak for eight days <laughs> like <laughs> whoever like follows me understands follow. that like I am a talker I am a very outgoing person what happens I, do like things come up that? oh like, I you- cried for eight days straight I just bawled I wept I wept Did you and talk then to I, yourself. Ta- I journaled a lot because they were like journal your emotions and your but and like, I was do- doing but, and I was meditating twice a day for 45 minutes where you sit and focus on your breathing for 45 minutes every time you sit. That like, is it insanity. Was, it insanity. it was insanity. I was 20. Is it like you pray like I was where you twenty. Have, where
1: you have like a thing that says I'm silent or something that like no one can talk to you. Everyone was silent.
0: Oh, okay. It wasn't. Oh a, my god. No one was talking. Oh my god. So I just cried. Um, <laughs> what was it like at the end? Were you like I Hello, called my parents? Your voice? <laughs> First of all, I was like yelling. I couldn't control the volume <laughs> of my voice, and then I ended up just calling my parents and like thanking them for like my life. I was
1: like, I love you. <laughs> Thank oh you forever. Do you recommend
0: it? <laughs> um, a pasana meditation retreat. Yeah. Um. I think meditation is is an amazing thing. I don't know if it's that it's really not that easy to jump into eight days of not talking, mm-hmm. but I do think it's like really imp- amazing to like test yourself. Um, I feel like as human beings, we learn the most when we're uncomfortable yeah. and we get pushed into like uncomfortable environments. It teaches you about yourself mm-hmm. and how you kind of react to it. So yeah, I think like pushing yourself in like vulnerable ways and doing things that you're afraid of is definitely something I would always recommend. That's what India was for me too. I, you know, this I, the second time I went back, I went with my cousin and she, we backpacked together for a month and a half and then she left me and I, I was in India volunteering at an orphanage for like almost four months straight. So what I- What were you doing for them? So that I actually, I went to that orphanage the first trip I, I was mm-hmm. there, and so I knew it was there. So when I went back, I knew I was going to go to the orphanage. And this was right after our, I graduated culinary school, and they had this beautiful cafe that was donated to them, but no one was running it. So I took it like on as a project and I was like I'm gonna reopen this cafe for you guys and you're going to have a business and and, you know an income coming into the orphanage so I ended up I have a question like do you have a translator like how are you opening a business in India well they had a cafe there and actually everyone spoke English oh really yeah everyone at the orphanage the kids um, spoke English yeah they were speaking English damn yeah they like just like absolutely adorable that's pretty like
1: where does that confidence come from to be like in
0: India and like taking
1: on a (laughs) Project to decide to open a business. Like, I feel like you're saying it like it's the normal, like if it's like a thing that people do, but it's like that's not what people do.
0: Well, you know, I think what happened with India, what I learned the first time is how it just it doesn't take that much to affect change. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really picked up from my first trip there. And I think that's what really drew me back there. I felt like I could I could do some cool things in India and I could help people. I could, you know, figure out a way to like, it just like, I I remember like the first time I donated money to the orphanage, she was like, wow, like you're, it was like, I don't know. I think it was like 50 bucks. And she's like, this is going to feed the kids for the next like month and a half. And there were a lot of kids there. So like, if you realize kind of how much a little can go, like a little can go a long way. Yeah. I just kind of applied that mentality to also kind of what I was offering. Right. So, yeah, I just graduated culinary school, but no one was doing it. And I really felt like I could. That's incredible. I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work out. So, okay, I tried. Right. So, I, you know, I I did it and um, my father, my parents actually had a great idea and they said, why don't you film this? And I was like so busy. Why are your parents the-, the coolest? And they like, are. So they're so ahead of their time. They're very creative. Both of them are very creative and they're big. I think they're, they're just big, big picture. thinkers. Big picture. Uh, what just, do they, they do? Big picture. I'm just so curious about them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that.
1: I after. mean, that's like, it's, <laughs> it, that doesn't happen often for like a parent to A, be like super cool with their kid not going to college. Yeah. Especially if their sibling had already gone. And then to like think to video it, I'm assuming at this time like
0: Instagram wasn't even. No, no. This was literally like, like a how the hell handheld they... camera oh I went by. They were like on us. Go buy this camera. We'll, okay. you know, we'll buy you this camera. Film it. And it just so happened. A, a, fa- a good family friend of mine was in India at the time. So she filmed me. Wow. Um, And she filmed me the opening night of the cafe and like me having like a meltdown over some burnt rice, you know, like the what whole. What did you thing. serve? Uh, I, I I served a lot of Barefoot Contessa pastries. (laughs) (laughs) I made a lot of lemon loaves. Barefoot Contessa, I feel like, is, like, weaved into your life. Shout out Thank you. (laughs) Uh, No, I baked a lot of her, like, desserts. Um, I also, I would just do, like, you know, just. I don't even remember. I I baked a lot and we had these like really, they had an incredible filter system there. So I was able to serve raw salads. And for a lot of people that are traveling in mm. um, India, you can't have a lot of raw vegetables because of right. bacteria in the right. water. So we offered a lot of things that you couldn't necessarily have. And it just, you know, it was great. I got it on camera. And after I, you know, I continued backpacking. Uh, My parents came to visit me in India Mm -hmm. after that. And Mm -hmm. then one of my best friends came to visit me. And then we went on to Southeast Asia and my parent, sorry. And then after that, I moved back to Israel and I was trying to figure out what my next step was. You were living youngest, with your cousin? I was living with my cousin again, again okay. in Israel. And my sister got into NYU. And Rennie and I are, you know, I'm very close with both my sisters. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, she told me she was going there, I was like, well, you know what? I don't know how where else I can go with what I, what I thought I wanted to do um in israel why don't i follow you there plus like i haven't lived in the same city as her for years i'm so jealous so, my sister was supposed to move here and she didn't well you never know yeah that's true it should, should happen well, Rennie doesn't live here anymore she lives in yeah, Israel. yeah but though. you had time yeah we had time <laughs> um even though living together was hilarious like that really should have been fucking harmed, okay <laughs> like we're such we're both like super insane Um, anyways, so I ended up moving here and that's kind of when everything started coming together for my television career. Uh, that video that I filmed, I ended up cutting that into a little sizzle and, um, no, I, my friend who was in the industry suggested an editor, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one day, my mom, my parents are a lot in my I know that like, was one very of my questions close to you, I'm but I feel close. like it's like coming out a lot. Like they're very they're, they're very much a part of my my story. Totally. I love them. I'm very close with them. Um and I they think live in Canada. Just, they live in Still? Canada okay. and also part-time in Israel. Okay. And I just feel like they know who I am and, and they're really good at planting those seeds. I almost said to them one time, I'm like, stop fucking planting the seeds. <laughs> I can't take credit for shit. <laughs> <laughs> like these are all your ideas. Look, like, you know what I mean. I'm like, just <laughs> let <laughs> me do it. But like, they're such good ideas. You, but can't... they know you so well, and also and you, they know you you just what like, can't drive yeah. yeah. So my mom's like, well, there was this like article in the Times about this big agent. Why don't you bring your video there? And I was like, mom, I'm dizzy. I was working at Baby Cakes, this vegan, gluten-free bakery in the Lower East Side, oh, as uh, front of the house manager and i was like i'm really busy <laughs> mom leave me alone obviously i came here to get into the industry right and she was right you know there was a num- there was an address there and i didn't have a meeting with the dude i just got dressed up one day I brought this. my video and my resume and i walked to the office of william morris which is like wow. one of the biggest agencies and I'm like, I'm here to see John Rosen. And they're like, uh, may I ask who uh, is here to see him? I'm like, Eden Grinch fan." <laughs> And they looked at me like I was cuckoo oh because God. like no one shows up without um, an actual meeting scheduled. I was and like they were scheduled like, scheduled
1: a month in advance.
0: Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, but your name is not here. Uh, you're gonna have to drop whatever you want to send up in the like mail room, which was in the garage. So like I'm all dressed up, walking in with like I, I was wearing like heels, like and like you're look at so me, I'm like cute. very cash. So I dressed up and I'm walking Are you in. Of course I was. I was like <laughs> sweating my ass off. I was I wearing can't this. I can tell with
1: you. I feel like you're like the least nervous, most confident person ever. No, no,
0: I'm totally nervous. And really? Crazy. Yes. So I'm wearing this. Like my favorite is. I went shopping with my friend who's a stylist but loves vintage. So I found this like vintage. I swear to God. I kid you not. Like bar mitzvah blazer <laughs> from like the early 80s. I'm wearing this light gray blazer and I took off my jacket after I dropped the video off and I'm like, thank God they didn't want to see me because I had sweat stains <laughs> that like went over basically my boobs. It was oh like huge massive <laughs> sweat stains. like I really would have been like it would have been a memorable moment yeah, for them because yeah. they'd been like this hot mess walked in. <laughs> anyways, long story short, I left the resume in the video there. And I went to I just like continued my life, did not think about it. And a month, like, I think it was two weeks later, I get this voicemail and I pick it up and it's this guy and he's like, hi, my name is Josh Bider. I'm an agent with WME. We saw your tape and we'd love for you to come in. And I'm like, who's prank calling me? <laughs> who's doing this? Crying because I don't know what's happening. Do you still have the video? No, I don't have. Oh, the video of me in India? Yeah. Somewhere. I think it's online somewhere. I I think I uploaded it. It's so funny. I mean, I would love to see it. Um, uh, Maybe YouTube. Uh, It might be on YouTube. Anyways, I ended up going in, and the agent that found my tape, uh, her name was Suzanne Lyon, and she actually signed me as one of her first clients. Wow. And uh, they kind of sent me out and was like, we love what you sent us. Now come up with an idea, which was also really hard in itself, to come up with a show concept.
1: I have a question, though. Even before this, like, what was it about being on TV that interests you? Because to like Food Network, to then going to culinary school yeah like did you know that you wanted to be on TV did you feel like you had a personality to pursue that like there's a difference between working in restaurants and being a a face you know
0: I think that you know I loved Food Network and I've always been a performer like my sister and I have hours and hours of footage of both my sisters and I of us doing commercials dance routines like musical theater. Like we've always played with cameras in our in our family. So it just kind of felt like it wasn't really something I thought about. It was just something that I knew was going to, that I wanted to pursue. I was just like. At what point? Like after? Did you I think when I video? was watching okay. Food Network, I was like, I, I want to do something like this. So okay. I think that kind of planted the seed. And got that's it, why it. when Rennie moved to New York, it made sense for me to follow. Got it. Did I think it was going to happen? no. But I was like, whatever. Like, I've, I've kind of had this, like, we'll see what happens mentality. Mm-hmm. I have, like, FOMO of opportunity. So, like, I'd rather it completely fail than not try at all and always 100%. wonder. And, yeah, so I think that's what kind of – there, and there's, there's always been this kind of, like, I know deep down inside that I can find a way to make it happen. So I, I don't really give up that easy. That's just, it's just something that I think I was always, I, I just have always had. I never had really that. quality. Well, thank you. I, I, I never had that, those thoughts when I was in school. I was like, I, I, I was never like, oh, I know I can figure out this math equation. <laughs> I was always like, I know I can leave this you're class right now. I know I can leave this class right now and not get into that much trouble <laughs> with my teacher if I sneak out at like 15, you know, i like, I was like, the, any way out of class, I was there. Whatever, you're strategic. Yeah. You right. know
1: you know how to figure out what you want to figure out.
0: Yeah. And I was always like, like I always like I grew up dancing and performing mm-hmm. and like any class play I was there, like yeah. camp, any musical. I was not a good singer, but they always put me in the musical because I was down like, to do it and confident. And I like, was just yeah. like, I will sing my ass off for <laughs> you guys. Because I also deep down inside, like I thought it was fun and yeah. funny and like you know. Yeah. Pretty casual like that. So um, so yeah, I think deep like I, I knew I wanted to do something like this. And and eventually after, you know, they got the tape. Um, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, after like I met with them and they, you know, told me what they wanted. I met someone. I was working at the bakery one day and this woman walks in with this big camera. And I didn't really know what she did, but I'm like, looks like she works in television. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly she knows how to hold that camera. So I was like, what's your name? She's like, Sam. And, she's, and I said to her, what do you do? And she's like, I'm a cinematographer. I, I shoot, you know, television. I'm like, we need to talk. And we met just a couple days after. I sent her my video and together we came up with the show Eat and Eats.
1: What was the first iteration of Eat and Eats?
0: Um, well, you know, we, we sat down and talked about that for a long time to see like, you know, cause obviously the agent saw something mm-hmm. and I was like, what is it that they're t- referring to? And it wasn't just like me in front of a camera. It's like the whole idea of me in India opening up the cafe, yeah. doing something cool and different and learning about different cultures and immersing myself and, Uh, She was living in Crown Heights at the time. And so we walked into a Senegalese restaurant. And I didn't know that much about uh, the food or the culture. And the family that owned the restaurant was so open. And they invited us in. And I cooked with them jollof rice. And we went to the butchers and got chicken and watched them butcher the chicken. And we got all this on camera. And then together, Sam and I created this show, which was about Immigrant families and refugee families that came to America and how they recreated their culture through their food. Love. And that was called Eden Eat and Eats, and we sold it on the Cooking Channel. Incredible. How yeah. long was Eat and Eats running? One season. Okay. And then they picked up another show called Log On and Eat with Eden, which was so ahead of its time. It was about uh, influencers. Stop. Yeah, food influencers. What year was this? Oh, I don't even know. This was like eight years ago. Wow! Yeah, um, it was hard for was us even to, a word. It was f- hard for us. Like we called them like social like um, lo- log on and eat with Eden. Log on, log on with these. Log on, like, yeah, I know, who logs like, on? exactly. <laughs> like this was like old school. Yeah, uh, but it was funny. We were like desperately trying to find all these influencers in these different cities, and if we did that now, it's like how would we even be able to choose? Right. Uh, and then after that, I um, started judging different shows on Food Network, like Sugar Showdown, Donut this Showdown. This was all with William Morris. Yeah, I'm still with okay. William Morris. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. such a cool story. That was like nine, like we've been together, like I've been with them for like eight years, nine years. Um, and then I started judging Chopped Canada. And then I got Top Chef Canada host. And I'm still currently the host of Top Chef Canada, which is great. So how does
1: it work when it like shows come to you? Like, Do you have a, a pool of opportunity and then you say, like, this fits my bill more? Or do you tell them, like, I'm really interested in going after this show next?
0: You know, the industry is shifting and changing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, It's day. You're just kind of... You know your agents; they they represent so many people, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like they get. It goes both ways. They get offers, and they're looking for a specific person. Yeah, and then they submit all the people that fall under that category, and then that's who they audition based off of that. It's kind of like yeah. you know being an actor. Um, obviously, there's a ton of roles I'd love to be put up for, but they're not always necessarily looking for you or what you're offering or you know but do you proactively say like
1: you I feel like you've had so many different obviously tv is like a huge part of what you do but like you've had so many different things that fall under the restaurant or food umbrella but they're so different like you have a cookbook coming out you had a restaurant like do you come to them and say like these are like career milestones that I want to hit and then they help you get there or how does it how does that work
0: no, um, well, that's obviously they know what I'm working on at, at all times. I keep them in the mm-hmm. loop. Um, but, uh, so the around like four and a half years ago, I was in the industry, and like kind of when you're working in television, you're always waiting to get a call from your agent on whether mm-hmm. or not you're getting put up for your you know, all these different opportunities. And I kind of got to a point in my career I was like, I want to take control a little bit more over my life and get, and instead of just talking about food, I want to walk the walk again. Like I want to get in that kitchen and um, do it. I I missed cooking and feeding and working in a restaurant environment. Mm -hmm. So I came up to a restaurant group um, and kind of pitched them. You came to them. Yeah. And pitched them a pop-up concept and they were actually looking to do that anyways. So I had a pop-up. Uh, with this restaurant in Brooklyn for around two weeks and that kind of kick a lot of things because of that. What um, was it? What was the pop-up? It, it was with Lucy Rouge. Oh oh my god. And I really had two weeks of Middle Eastern. I, I was cooking Middle Eastern food. Um, that's when I really started like focusing on Middle Eastern food and wanting to like be a part of that. And it did really well. And I got a lot of people to come in and try it. And my agent actually was able to get me into Burger Bash in South Beach. That like. Stop. Like, what did you get in there? I, I made a burger. Like I went and competed. I brought one girl with me. That's incredible. And it was hilarious. Because usually uh, people that compete come with like an entire team. And I came with one girl. Uh, but they had volunteers and they ended up just like actually bringing on like three other women. So I had like this all-female team, which is so badass. And we made like 2,000 burgers in two hours. Uh, but That's that savage. because of that pop-up, I got that opportunity. Right. And because of that opportunity, I started thinking about um, the restaurant industry and maybe it was my time to kind of focus on something like that. So I reached out to uh, East Grid Ho- Hospitality, which is the By, by Chloe team, mm-hmm. and pitched them an idea. And so they uh, then came back to me and I partnered with their creative director, Samantha Wasser, and we opened up Dez um unfortunately does is closed now. I'm so sad like I, I am personally affected by Dez closing. <laughs> I'm not well, even, I was in opening day. Oh, It was so thank good. You. No like
1: it's so good. That's also thank my you. favorite
0: cuisine so Me too. Me too. So definitely took a hit personally but but, but you know what honestly that it was such an amazing experience and like, also
1: such I, feel, I I don't know about like the the neighborhood for like the working crowd or whatever, like, I don't know. But, like, that neighborhood is so amazing. And, like, yeah. everything about it was just so
0: incredible. But, yeah, Thank I'd you. love to hear your biggest takeaways from that. So many. Oh, my God. Well, and first also, of like, all, were you pregnant when you were starting? Ye- I was pregnant while I was recipe developing for the restaurant. Like, how in God's, wow. deadly, deadly earth, did you think it was like, a good were- idea? Well, first of all, I've seen a lot of pregnant women doing a lot of crazy things. That's so you kind like a of restaurant just, opening. That's well, a lot. No, no, no. When the restaurant opened, Ava was already born. Okay. But when I was recipe developing, got it, got I it, was pregnant. It, it. Okay, okay. Um, but I just think, like, first of all, I you know I absolutely love working with Sam Wasser. I think she's a genius at what she, she does. Is. Um, she, she's just so good at like putting together brands and understanding the food and how it coincides and the audience and the people that we're Mm -hmm. targeting. Um, I I just, I I absolutely love that. So I think it's really important to find people that you work well with. I also learned that like, um, you know, there are certain things like we, you know, we opened up, um, on a quieter street and if you're doing fast casual, you have to be a little bit of. You have to be in a busier neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The foot traffic needs to be a lot because basically it's not about um, how many it's, you know, we had a lot of people coming in almost every day, but it's, but for a full service, that'd be great. But we are fast casual and we need to do like double that at least um, in order for it to make sense. Yeah. So a lot of it came down to like the logistics, honestly, of just location. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because I do think obviously so many things were working and lined up and I thought the brand was great and I was was really, really proud of the food. And I work in PR from a
1: press perspective. Like you guys were everywhere. But that's great. No, it was honestly incredible. Like to see something like that nowadays where media is so hard to get, like it was incredible.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I just like I don't think that's going to be the last restaurant I I open. Um, Is there going to be
1: another fast, casual, Middle Eastern type?
0: You know, I... Like, there's a void here. I don't... (laughs) I don't... I don't have any plans as of yet. Okay. Um, I just know that it's, like, it definitely... In my... Like, I'm, you know, in my 30s. I don't think that's it for me when it comes to the restaurant industry. I don't know if it's going to be full service, Hmm. uh, but it's definitely going to be on the casual side. I love food that is accessible, accessible. Uh, that everyone can have. I love restaurants that I can go to that I can frequent often. I'm not, you know, for me, obviously there are restaurants that I like to go and celebrate at, but yeah. I want, I would love to build a space where people would feel like it's an extension of their home. Um, so who knows, maybe one day. But because of that, uh, you know, I was able to get a book deal, which I'm really obviously excited about. You know, so I. So did was the deal able- come to you? I. Uh, actually, I have an amazing agent a WME. Uh, we talked about me writing a treatment, and so I wrote a treatment, and it's based off of food that I make in my home. Love. Uh, so it's like my Middle Eastern-inspired flavors in my Brooklyn kitchen. Um, and, you know, I love to cook um, simply – And nothing, like there's, for me, it's not about like crazy techniques. It's about highlighting beautiful flavors, beautiful produce. And it's like, for like, my favorite thing is to show someone a dish and show them the little tweak, like that little thing that takes it to that next level, that whether it's a spice, whether it's a condiment, whether it's like an easy uh, garnishing or technique and, you know, kind of like making these aha moments happen. And do we also have a teaching name? people. No, oh my God, please. It's like so hard. We're just waiting do on you have any contenders? Yeah, but I can't say that. Oh, right okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we do have some like ideas and we're still working on like the cover. But the second the cover and the title is decided on, it I will be like announcing that it will go up on Amazon for pre-order. Amazing. Do so. we have like a rough timeline? No. It, the book is supposed to come out fall 2020. Okay. So it should be happening soon. Amazing. Um, hopefully, it's not going to take too long because I'm sure everyone on my team is going to be like so over me No, if I, 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 I just want to. I want to have it. I well, I'm really excited. Like I'm really, really proud of the book. We shot it this summer, and is like, is in it? Of course she is. Oh my God, thank God. Please, she's Ido. Is she and the, the star? Well, she always is. She's the star <laughs> of my show. Um, Ido and Ava are such like a huge inspiration for like. Is my he a foodie
1: food. too? Ido is Eden's husband. Yes,
0: Ido and Eden. Can you like? I can't how crazy say it, like Ido. Ido. Okay. Actually, it's Ido. Ido. I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce it. You guys have cool saying. names. Like Thank they you. they go good together. Thanks. He's Israeli, mm-hmm. so um, uh, a lot of the food that like I'm making at home need to it needs to get Ido approved, right? So right. he's a huge inspiration for a lot of the food that I make. Um, and obviously, Ave. You know, I I had such a great time recipe testing and developing for this book because Ave was such a big part of it. Right. Um, she was like, I. She was used, saying the word Bubka. She loves Bubka, She loves yeah. challah. She loves pita. Like all the doughs, all a the fine palate. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. So yeah, it's great, and it's also so fun too because the book, like I like to cook. Um, you know, Middle Eastern food just so happens to be really good for you. I live not, the longest
1: on a Middle Eastern diet. Well,
0: there you go. Middle Eastern, Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And like my, my, I think my veg chapter is my longest chapter. Mm. So, like veg, salads. I do have seafood and, you know, meat in there. But I do think I, I really focus a lot on the vegetables, which is super cool. Amazing. Yeah.
1: You have like all these different projects and like balls in the air. And it sounds like from what you just said that like the actual like kitchen and getting in there is something that like is so true to who you are. Like out of all the different things that you're doing, what would you say is like the the core, the, what we call like the active ingredient of everything you do? Like any opportunity that crosses your desk, like, like what is the gut check that you have to have in order for you to want to do it?
0: Oh, that's a good question. You know, I've had to get... Better at saying no to things. I do think that there is a little bit of power in saying no mm-hmm. uh, because there was a time in my career where I said yes to everything and mm-hmm. I believe that like you need to try it all out to understand what you love and what you don't love and what you're willing to kind of yeah. put yourself out there for. Do you um, think there's an expiration in that? Sorry to cut you off.
1: I just, I, I wonder like do you think that there's a certain amount of years in someone's career that you should be a
0: yes person? Yeah, and, and then, there are definitely things that I've said yes to yeah. where people are like, I cannot believe like you're doing that and you're not getting paid for that. Yeah. I'm like, But I do think that this is a, a great yeah. experience for me. It's good for my brand. And I'll meet really amazing people. And that will also help me move forward to the next project. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of things... Um, I, you do have to be a little bit uh, sometimes... You know, you have to be okay with necessary, like sometimes doing things for free and, and that's fine. It's good press too, especially if you're like, you know, for me, if the brand is super cool, but it's like all PR and no pay, I'm also okay with that. Right, I just like to be a part of things that I think are special, that I think are cool, that I think will inspire me or like also help me like translate my brand the way I want it to like sometimes you have to be smart about how you're coming across because you're trying to build a specific brand I view it one way I'm sure you might view it differently but like I just want to make sure that I'm putting myself out there to do like open things fun things I don't know just being open-minded what would you say, like, what would you want anyone that knows your
1: name to, like, have the three, like, takeaways from you? Like, what what is something that you want it to be so obvious that Eden Eats emanates?
0: I love, for Aside me... Aside from The Bachelor. Oh, oh my God.
1: Edo and I were, <laughs> were obsessed. Like, you are synonymous. It is so good. <laughs> I
0: love getting, like, tips and watching The Bachelor with Edo. It's my, oh my favorite God. thing. I love... I I am not precious and perfect, and I don't ever really want to be known for that. I love making fun of myself. I am way more comfortable in that world than taking myself necessarily too seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, it takes work for me. To post something where it's more on the serious side of when it comes to myself. If, if it's about things that I'm passionate about or mm-hmm. that I want to promote that are more serious, that's obviously one thing. But right. when it comes to taking myself seriously, that is very hard. Yeah. But I've accepted that and I'm totally comfortable with that in yeah. myself. So, And I do find that that creates a safe place for people uh, to come and be a part of like my journey because you don't need to be perfect in order to be a part of my journey. Totally. I want people to just feel comfortable. Like I just want people to feel comfortable when they're with me. And I that's. I feel like you've,
1: you've definitely accomplished, at least with me. Well, thank I really, you. Yeah. I, mean, I, I I definitely, out of all the accounts that I follow, like you obviously live an incredible life and like you have so many incredible opportunities, but I do feel that, like a relatability
0: and like, just comfortable that is a good word to describe it well I appreciate that because that's like I it's uh, like social media side just people that I meet mm-hmm. it's very important for me that people are comfortable in the space that I'm in yeah I don't know I've, I just I feel it. also comes from being just I guess a people pleaser and you does like that too so we're always aware of how people are like energy wise mm-hmm. around us so we just want everyone to feel like good And for me, I also just want like when people write me and they say – because I don't – sometimes I post things without thinking about it and I think there's something really great about that because people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you posted that. That's hilarious. But then when I get comments from people telling me like I had a really, really rough week and you just put a smile on my face or like that was the first time I laughed out loud in a really long time, I was like, yes, if I can make people fucking feel good and make people laugh like That's what I'm taking away from this entire social media. Like just the fact that I can make people feel happy and light. Because there's so much shit out in the world. So
1: true. And we're all
0: we are everyone. I know so many people that take themselves way too seriously and take their job way too seriously. And I just want everyone way too seriously. Yeah, Instagram, like, I think it has such a bad rep because we go on there and we just judge and like compare. And it's it's turned into this kind of like weird negative place. So yeah. for me to be like, I'm not wearing makeup, my husband just called me out on taking a poo on Instagram <laughs> stories. Like, whatever, who cares? We all poo. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm not wearing makeup and I have a swollen, tired mom face. Like and I have that's a question fine. about your Instagram just generally. Like at what point did you
1: notice that it was definitely something that was gonna help catapult your career? And like Did you, was there like a, a, something that happened or something that like helped get that growth of followers? Like what, what was that process like?
0: Yeah. So I'll never forget when I first signed, um, when I first sold my first show, my agent called me and she's like, get Instagram, get Facebook, do go on Twitter. And I'm like, no, don't make me, what am I (laughs) going to share? What is this social media? I was, I fought it so hard. I was on social media and I would post and I did feel a little disconnect because I, I knew I was trying to build my brand, but it didn't always feel authentic to me to be posting about like that amazing food I was eating all the time mm-hmm. or all these different things I was experiencing. It just wasn't necessarily, I think I was trying to figure out who I was yeah. and what I wanted to take part in. And honestly- While you were posting? Like you While I was started, posting yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it took me a, a second there to figure it out and I'll never forget, like I- I was kind of holding off on getting pregnant because I really thought that it was going to take away from me being able to get, like, the roles that I wanted. Because in my mind, I I wanted to have a travel show and be this young, rocked out, like, I wanted to go, I wanted to be game for everything, like, no fear, let's party, let's go out, let's eat everything, stay out super late. Like, that's the girl I always thought I was yeah. going to be. And um, finally, I was like, like, I want a kid, like, I'm married this is my new phase in life. And I posted, it was Oscar, it was, it was Oscar night. I was like <laughs> eight months pregnant. Obviously I look at my husband and I'm like, we're ordering fucking pizza. Let's be real. Cause like we eat pizza like all the fucking time.
1: You're so skinny. It's like very annoying. Oh my I'm God. Like, does she? I literally asked myself, I'm like, does she eat it? Like, like, I, I swear. do eat it. And oh you
0: know, I believe in moderation and you're beautiful and mm. stop it. You're skinny too. Stop. Okay. 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 Um, not that skinny equals beauty. Right. No, no, no. But, but like, I swear, I'm like, these people, you guys eat pizza on bachelor nights every single time. And I'm like, I'm jealous. Well, you know, I don't eat the whole pie. I eat two slices. All right. And then I'll drink some water. And then I won't (laughs) feel guilty about it. I think guilt is the worst thing to do. That's like what my biggest struggle is—is the guilt. Yeah. No. 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 Don't. Like, I think like every day is a new day, and just like try your best, and that's it. Like, I don't know. I I hate. Sorry. So you. So you got pizza, Oscar. Uh, So we got the pizza. I'm eight months pregnant, and um, I was like sitting on the couch. Like, if you look at the picture, it's hilarious. The the pillow behind me is like busted. (laughs) It's nighttime. The lighting is crap. Like everything that you don't expect, like a, an Instagram picture to do well mm-hmm. with, like it just, it was kind of like really rough, it Was rough around the edges. And I put a piece of pizza on my belly and was holding two and I'm like, check this a baby. And then he does like, that's amazing. So he put two more pieces of pizza or whatever on my stomach. So there was a pile of pizza on my belly with, and I was holding pizza and there was a pizza box in front of me. And he took a picture of me, and I was just, like, having the best time of my life, and I wrote, our Oscar party is lit, and I posted it. And then an hour later, I looked at my Instagram, and I'm like, what is going on? Wait, do you know how many followers you had at this time? No, I don't, but it wasn't even so much, like, my following went up as much as, like, the picture went viral, basically. Like, Shay Mitchell- What is it like? Shay Mitchell wrote on the picture, like- that's going to be me when I'm pregnant or something like that. Like Stop. I was I was like is she, she pregnant? She? she already had a kid. Oh. I'm like, "Shay, I'm like yeah. Shay Mitchell and I don't follow each other. What is going on?" Oh my god. And and so my husband and I started thinking about it. I'm like, "There is an entire audience of people out there that aren't getting this kind of like pregnant f- humor, which is my life." Like I was dancing with donuts. Like, I was doing these things already. Yeah. And so I kind of just, like, jumped on it. And you don't – which was great, too, because when you're in your last trimester, it is the longest trimester. You are pregnant. You are uncomfortable. You are like, when is this kid coming? And we took it on as, like, a fun project between the both of us to, like, take these, like, really fun pictures and videos.
1: Oh, my God, how fun. And
0: then the Daily Mail started writing about it. It was on Ellen's, like, online. What
1: the hell? Cosmo,
0: Glamour. Everyone started calling. I'm like, what is going on? And basically, I think what it came down to it is, like, they're, like, pregnant girls, like, having a great time. And I think when you go on social media, you see a lot of like pregnant moms like backlit, looking at their stomachs, having like all this longing look on their face. Yeah, Yeah. like they're like having this moment where they're like embracing their pregnant body. And I was like grinding into my pizza, listening (laughs) to Ed Sheeran. And I think it was just one of those things where people were just seeing something, I guess, maybe for the first time, someone just like really having a funny time with it. I love that. And so that kind of catapulted my social media and I was like, okay, there is like, A, I get to be funny and have fun and Mm -hmm. like make light of myself and enjoy, like kind of like be on that side, like this comedic side. Yeah. And then after Ave came... You know, like, motherhood, like, hit me in the face like a ton of bricks. Like, really? it was in really way? hard. It was harder. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. So I talked a lot about my experience. Do your friends have kids? Yeah. And I, like, yelled at them every day for not telling me what the <laughs> hell was going on. I'm like, you lied, bitches. You <laughs> lied. Like, you make this shit look so easy. It is hard. I did not sleep for six months. What? My nipples were bleeding. Like, you push – I pushed out an eight-pound baby. Like, I – I don't have croissant
1: loving cute oh, baby.
0: Oh, she's so like worth <laughs> worth every stitch. Sorry, TMI. <laughs> TMI but truth. Um, no, it was you know. So that happened. So I was really honest about that experience. And then, like I was pumping one day, and like the beat got me going, and so I started dancing, and I did pump dance, and then people were like, "What's going on here?" So it's just kind of being like a goofy mom, yeah, and things that like people just like don't really know before.
1: I feel like we talk about their well, Laura pumping. Clary,
0: Laura Clary. I don't know if you follow her. No. She did like a pump rap, and then Stop. a pump dance, and I'm like, "Yes, girl!" Like I, I see you. <laughs> I see no, I need to follow her. Uh, she's crazy and brilliant. Okay. She's a really funny comedian in L.A. Um, Have you ever thought about doing comedy? I Thank you for asking me that. My sister does stand-up in Israel. Really? Yeah, Renny does stand-up. Have you guys ever thought about doing a duo show? Oh, yeah. We're trying to sell one now. Really? Yeah, we're trying to sell something together. Um, I love working with her. Should we bring out like the yeah. most extreme, crazy stuff. I don't know if it's a good thing she's thing. very
1: I mean the, I think I saw one video of her and she was like very expressive like oh. her she's like
0: me times a million <laughs> like everyone th- if anyone thinks that I'm extreme I'm like look at Rennie yeah she's wild As she, that'd be she's, fun she's so funny I'll show you this video she just posted I'm like did I give birth to baby <laughs> Rennie oh Ave and her are like twins really it's insane It's so crazy I know mm. Yeah, so I just wanted to make that point. Like, I was nervous that I was going to not get put up for things Mm -hmm. that I wanted or, like, maybe my career wouldn't, like, go in the direction I wanted. And it's honestly only gotten better. That's so incredible. Um, Especially, like, people want, you know, to understand, like, authenticity and, like, real life. And I just, you know, I'm I'm such a bad liar. I couldn't even fake it if I wanted to. Do you ever feel pressure to post, like a certain amount of times or is it all
1: genuinely like organic because I feel like now you really are like I hate the word and we need to change it to something else but like you are an incredible influencer on top of all the other things that you're doing like do you feel
0: pressure as that being part of your job
1: and like your content is very family heavy like do you feel
0: yeah I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that I I don't feel the pressure because I I do Yeah. like there are days like I said Tito I think it was like a month ago I'm like I haven't posted in like a week and then I started feeling like, oh shit, exactly. like the- I need to <laughs> post. What am I going to post? And then the second you start asking yourself, what are you going to post? That's when things feel like forced. Because, you know, like I was just in Philadelphia and I posted that dance video of me and Abe. Like that happened. And the second it happened, I posted it. Like I, we, Ido and I were dancing and I was like, I have to get this on camera. And then I posted it and I was like, oh, this is like, this is when the stuff feels really true and good. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I definitely feel sometimes like I do need to, but I'm also getting okay with being quiet. Like people that follow me haven't left if I'm not posting every day. Totally. And if they do, then those aren't the people that I necessarily want, I'm, you know, online for. Yeah. Um, I try to post content that like actually like moves me in a way, whether like I think it's sweet or I think it's funny. Um, and that's basically it. Like I'm trying, like, I think everyone feels this way. Totally. I know a lot of people that are actually really famous that feel pressure to post on social media. And that kind of made me feel a little bit better because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not like one of these people that feels the pressure. But I do think that we all need to just take a deep breath because there's like, we're all putting this pressure on ourselves. Totally. hundred percent. Um, it's all coming from ourselves. So I think, you know, I have a lot of friends now that are doing like full social media like cleanses Cleanses. and soon there's not going to be any likes. We're not going to see how many likes anyone gets. How do you feel about that? I think it's amazing. So do I. I think it's great. Like I I don't need people to see how many likes I get and I don't need to see how many likes anyone else gets. I think it's it'll take off the pressure of being trying to be too perfect and posting for social media. Like and people are for likes, yeah. like I I do fi- find that there's a bit of a struggle now where people aren't living anymore for themselves or living for an Instagram post. One thousand
1: percent. Like oh let's go on that trip. We're gonna get really good content. Or like oh let's do that experience. But it's not for the experience. It's because you get to post the experience. Like I've definitely fallen into that, and it's like it's so fucking lame. It's and just like lame.
0: Ido and I need to remind each other. And I and I say this to him. I'm like. If you find that I'm like rabbit hole, like in in Instagram, which I don't wanna be there. Yeah. I'm like, tell me to stop. Like, I'm not gonna get angry at you for telling me to get off my phone. Like, it's okay to have your friends or your family. Like, you need people to kind of check you because it's a little bit of an addiction.
1: Not a a bad addiction. It's
0: not a habit, it's an addiction. So, I think that, you know, also people are losing like that organic, like, Eye con- like yeah. we need to make eye contact we need to connect no, we're like like we're like <laughs> I, we're looking at each other in the eyes yeah. we're not looking at our phones like I think we just it's all about kind of creating um, boundaries for yourself when it comes to your phone like I'm totally. guilty of it and I'm working on it so I just I like putting it out there that it's something that I also deal with but it's also something I'm trying really hard to focus on because yeah. I think it's important for everyone's mental health. To just focus on like doing things that are just that make you, you and make you yeah. happy.
1: Um, so you are obviously a person that seems to be doing every day something that makes you happy in your career, in life. And the point of the Active Ingredient Podcast is to help someone who is kind of like lost and doesn't even know like the questions to ask themselves. Like it seems like you've always kind of been able to listen to yourself and march the, to the beat of your own drum. But for someone who like is having a hard time knowing themselves or like knowing the things to ask on how to kind of pursue that for themselves. Like if Ave came to you and was like, mom, I don't know what I love in life. Like, I don't know what I want to be. What advice would you give?
0: Wow. Uh, First of all, not everyone can do this during the time where they're kind of soul searching, but I think travel is probably one of the most important things. Um, Obviously that's, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, you can't always afford it. Um, And maybe the timing doesn't work out, but Mm -hmm. I do really feel like I got to know myself best when I was abroad usually alone, like I spent a lot of time by myself Mm. just because you don't have kind of that cushion, that extra cushion of your friends to fall back on. Um, You have to rely on yourself to go out and meet new people, to talk about new things. Uh, It also kind of gives you this luxury to be whoever you want to be in that moment. Um, So so you get to kind of wear different hats and and Mm -hmm. play up different parts of yourself uh, to see what, you know, you want to focus on. So I would definitely say like I, I, you know, Trip, travels, I get most of my inspiration or kind of just a breather from like reality too. Um, I think that's, you know, trying to find some time to do that. And by the way, I'm not talking about like four seasons traveling. Like if you don't have the money, like pack your bag and go on like a two week trip. Like any of my friends that just break up with from guys and they're like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I want a fucking trip. Go, (laughs) go, be you're free. I'm like, do it while you can. Like, no, like if you only need to worry about yeah. yourself, take care of yourself. Yeah. Go and do something. Go on a, even like go on a yoga t- retreat for a week. Go on, like just put yourself in a new environment. In an uncomfortable environment. Uh, or, or just a new environment. Yeah. Just like take a breather from your life. Um, I think is always like something that I've I've taken and I like to roll with. What else? What would I suggest? I would say maybe take on like a new job and it doesn't need to be like a new career. Maybe like a simple like retail job or not that retail is necessarily simple, but like you don't necessarily need to have a resume in order to get it Um, or work at a restaurant. Like try on something new and shift your perspective a little bit. I don't know. I think like the worst thing that can happen is you stay in this place and you can't feel like you need an escape. I think kind of branching out and doing new things is always the most important thing to do. Um, surround yourself also. Actually, this is a hard one because sometimes your parents can be triggers or they could be the most helpful people mm-hmm. during certain like kind of times in your life where yeah. you might need help. So, um, you know, I guess maybe follow that gut instinct forever, which one you like is working for you. Yeah. Um, I don't know what do people say usually I'm trying to think
1: a lot of people say like think about the things that you loved when you were a kid when you didn't have the pressures of like becoming a lawyer or an accountant like what did you actually like and there's something in there that can potentially lead you to something or like following your curiosity or um I don't know like people have said honestly like a ton of different things like trying different jobs is definitely one of them but I feel like the trying different jobs thing is like if you are in a job that's pay, like
0: you need to be able
1: to pay rent and like yeah, the other yeah, you know tough. what i mean like yeah yeah
0: um hmm I'm trying to think so if ave came to me and said mom i don't like what i'm doing i would probably sit down and write a list about all the things that she loves to do i would write a list of all the things she loves to do and all the things she hates to do and i would try and find a career path that would focus more on the positive. Because the truth is you're never going to find something. You're never going to find a job that you're going to love every aspect of. I'm sorry. There are things about my job that I don't necessarily love all the time, but the good outweighs the bad. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just about finding the things that you love or things you want to focus on. And if the good outweighs the bad, then you're already like 90% there.
1: Amazing answer so good. So I always close out the podcast asking what is your literal active ingredient, meaning like what is like something that you need to either eat, drink, do, meditate every single day to be able to function. It could be coffee, could be a croissant, it could be it could be dancing with your family.
0: Um in order for me to function, I need to have I definitely need to have good family time. Like like moments with my family where we're like engaged with each other, not doing anything else. We're having good, memorable moments. Um, I definitely need to make sure that I have um, at least an hour of that a day. And when you're really busy, an hour, like you need to find the time. Totally. But mornings are usually really good for me. And also if I get to put Ave to sleep and be there when she wakes up, that for me is already like, you know. Such a win. Like, yeah. Um, so good, mo- good, good, impo- like, like really like, um, good, good, uh, what's the word? I think just like moments, good moments, good engaged moments with my family. Uh, definitely coffee <laughs> and usually wine. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I, I've always been someone who enjoys a good time. And since becoming a mom, definitely having a glass of wine at the end of the night is my vice. (laughs) Um, Maybe more than one glass of wine. And I am totally comfortable with that and happy. with your wine?
1: Well, right now
0: I'm drinking a red. Um, Probably on like the fuller side, dry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ido loves a tannin, like a high high in tannins. Mm. Uh, But yeah, wine at night, coffee in the morning, family time. I love it. And if I get to, like, go to a Pilates class, that Pilates. that's, like, an extra win for me. East River? Yes. It's so good. Love an East River Pilates. I love an East River Pilates. Uh, I do, I used to do a lot of yoga, mm. but... Have, I No, I would oh. do Jeeva Mukti in, mm. at Union Square. Like, I used to do a lot of yoga, but I have such a bad back. And especially after giving birth, like, the only thing I can really do to keep my back from, like, falling apart is Pilates. Totally. So, Pilates is key. Amazing. Where can everyone follow you? Uh, everyone can follow me on my Instagram, at Eat and Eats. Also, and watch also on Top Chefs? Yes, Top Chef Canada. I think the new season airs April. Um, uh, but, you know, I'm... Constantly working on new projects, and I do usually uh, talk about it first on my social media on Instagram. So Amazing. if you follow me there, you can follow along with everything else that I'm working on. Amazing. I hope we got a new restaurant very soon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, not too soon. I'll probably have a kid before that happens, okay. and I'm not pregnant yet. So not too soon, but definitely someday. Okay, well, in the meantime, I need your list of recommendations. Oh, restaurants? Yeah, oh, yeah, while yeah, I, I, I wait you. I got you. All right, perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a second to rate and review us, and for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at Active ingredient.